What's up, guys? How's everyone doing out there? We have another episode coming your way. We're Steve rolling right along. Steve Smee here, and I got Rick coming back again. He's been hey, what's uh, up, guys? What's up, Steve? How's it going, buddy? Yep. So, right, uh, so first off, Rick, I gotta ask you really quick because uh, you travel a lot. What do you think is going on in the Dominican with all these tourists dying? You know, I've seen some of those articles come up on my feed, and I haven't gone into them. I haven't gone into any of them. It sounds very weird. Sounds sounds odd. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna look into it some more. And next podcast, we'll we'll discuss it. I'll have something to offer. But have you read anything on it? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess a couple people. There's been a couple said a year ago that they thought it was like pesticides coming through through the ventilation in their room. So they went and got tested when they came back to the States and they found pesticides in their system. So I, my theory is probably that, or it could be like a serial killer in these resorts killing people. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird one, man. Uh, but it's kind of scary because I've been in Dominican a few times and uh, you know, it's, you hear stories all the time about people getting sick down there. So, but uh, you know, talking I've, about I've getting been to DR, I've never been to the Dominican yeah. Republic. Um, I've thought about it. I've wanted to, but it hasn't been a, a trip I've made so far. Just, I, I go to different, I go to beaches that are just as nice and, and they're places I'm, I'm more comfortable with. But yeah, this is definitely interesting. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the stories years ago in Cancun with uh, tourists uh, disappearing there. So that's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting story. I'm going yeah, yeah, to look into the next podcast yeah. and see what, what I can come up with. Yeah, yeah, that girl in Aruba, too, she disappeared and you found the body. So um, shit like that happens. It's kind of scary when you travel overseas. But anyway, guys, um, let's start with the first topic. We're going to talk about the IFIYM, uh, if it fits your macros thing. And we're going to kind of get into this a little bit. And basically, if it fits your macros is something that kind of came along a few years ago and kind of blew up on social media. And it was the thing where – you could just count how many calories you're getting there, how many carbs, how much fats, all that stuff, protein. As long as you hit your numbers, you're going you're gonna to grow muscle and you're going to lose fat. Because let's say you're, you want to count your calories and say, I'm going to hit 3,000 calories for the day. So if I eat Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and Pepsi and all this crap and get 3,000 calories and I'll ice never cream. get good macros that way. But I, yeah, I know. What you, I had a conversation with, this, with somebody about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's it, it's a big uh, meathead de- debate, guys. Um, some groups think that as long as it fits your macros. So if you're, you know, whatever you're doing that day, 3,000 calories, if you're doing, you know, f- um, 40%, 50% protein, whatever, carbohydrates, fats, that the sources don't matter. This is what some people think. The source of the, of the calories of macros don't matter as long as they fit in with your plan. You're going you're gonna to grow. You're going to look good. While there are other folks that uh, feel as though the, the quality of the calories and where they come from matters just as much as getting the right ratios. So um, it's, a, it's a kind of a big debate out there. And Steve and I have, have opinions on it. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. I'm sure some of you guys out there have had these conversations with people at the gym and such, right? It was popularized by the whole Pop-Tart thing, like with the um, guy on social media talking about Pop-Tarts. Oh, I can eat Pop-Tarts and it's not going to affect, you know, what I do and stuff. And this was kind of debated with, you know, Dave Palumbo and some of these guys. Dave Palumbo came out strongly against it. Um, You know, you had other guys that were for it, then tried it and then changed their opinion. So I've never really agreed with it. Um, 
I went and tried it for a period of time and I found it to be very counterproductive. I found, cause I was eat, I started eating like donuts and a, you know, a couple slices of pizza a day and having some soda and eating some foods I don't normally eat. I just felt like shit eating those foods, even though I was still getting the same amount of calories. And I noticed that I started gaining fat doing that versus eating the clean food. So, you know, I've, I completely reject the idea based on the fact that, you know, you're, even though you're getting the same calories, if you do eat this, these junkier foods, you're still changing the way your hormones are. You're changing your, your metabolism. You're changing, you're spiking insulin, you're lowering glucagon, you're, you're doing all kinds of different things to your body that are changing the way your body works. Cause when you put something in your body, your body has a reaction to what you're putting into it. Not to mention your gut health. If you eat pizza, you're, you're, it's a dead food. It goes into your gut. It causes problems in your gut. It's not helping your gut. So over the long term, it's just not going to work. So I think the younger guys kind of get away with it and they assume that, Hey, it's working for me, but over the long term, it just cannot work. What do you think, Rick? Yeah. Look, genetics and age play a huge part. I remember, you know, just as a, as a, as a wrestler in high school, um, some guys on the team just ate uh, Chinese food and fried chicken and just things that didn't seem that healthy. And these kids look ripped. But genetics and age play a huge, huge role in how, uh, how much stuff you can get away with as far as cheating on your diet and, and not, not eating right. When it comes to, to if it fits your macros and the idea that you could somehow uh, fill your macros with McDonald's, look, I just looked it up online. It's uh, fatsecrets.com, I think is the website. It says that a McDonald's beef patty, it's more than half fat according to this, according to this site. And I guess I'll, I'll look through it some more, but it doesn't seem that even if you ate nothing but the beef patty and a McDonald's burger, that you'd have decent macros anyway. You know, you, you need some of that lean, good lean protein. And uh, it's just, just the way it is. I don't think you can, you'd have to, you know, basically pick out some of the proteins in the food and then you're still getting a, a good amount of fat along with that little bit of protein for some of these uh, fast food joints. You're going to have a hard time meeting any kind of decent macros where you're doing at least 40% protein um, and eating clean, even going to any of these places. You also have to look at the fact that when you have some of the simpler carbs that are not still bonded to the, to the fiber that they came with, those carbs will make you feel hungrier later. And then it becomes a, a whole situation where you're trying not to be hungry because when you have some of these simpler sugar, when you have some of this food that's not, it's been had all, all the fiber extracted out of it, you're, it just makes you hungrier. It hits your system a lot faster when you eat it. It gives you a flood of insulin and uh, it, it's just no, no good for you. Look, I think you can even eat, in my opinion, if you eat clean, you can even eat over your requirements and you won't get fat. You'll even, you get leaner, uh, but you won't have any, any fat issues if you have good, clean foods. Another thing to consider is that when you have a, a good lean piece of grass-fed beef versus a McDonald's patty, it's a good chance you're getting more nutrition in that good grass-fed beef than you will in that McDonald's patty, even if they're the same size of weight. So the quality of the foods does matter. 
extremely. That doesn't mean that you can't have a, a little a little trash here and there to, to fill in your macros when you can. That's fine. But, you know, when you think about it, even if you have a decent diet, um, how many donuts can you really eat on a decent diet per day? One or two? Because it'll blow your, your carbohydrates right out of the water. So definitely um, the, the, the type of foods, uh, whole foods, clean foods, if you can get grass-fed beef, you know, uh, cageless chicken, eggs, you know, all that stuff. I'm all about that. I think uh, the quality, the nutrition, and everything else that comes through with the foods is, is extremely important. So, I mean, a couple more points I want to make. If you follow, if it fits your macros and you try to hit a targeted calorie count, you're missing out on a lot of foods, okay, that are very healthy. Example, avocado. Everyone's scared of avocados. They say, oh, if I eat avocado every day, I'm going to get fat because it's got a lot of fat. It's got a lot of calories, okay? That's just not true. Uh, nobody gets fat off avocados, all right? Think about this stuff logically, guys. Another thing, raw nuts. Does anyone get fat off raw nuts? I mean, if you eat too many raw nuts, you might get a tummy ache. Nuts are kind of hard to digest, but no, you're not going to get fat off raw nuts. These are foods that, you know, humans have been eating since the beginning of time. And human beings never got fat until the past 50 years, you know, the obesity epidemic hit. And the reason we're getting fat is all the processed foods, all the sugars, the food companies want you to believe in if it fits your macros because they're able to sell packaged foods and sugary foods and low fat foods and no fat foods. They want you to eat dead foods because that's where they make their money off processed stuff. Another thing is if you're getting the same amount of calories every day, you're counting your calories with these stupid apps. This is the first thing I tell my clients when, when they come to me, I tell them delete that app off your phone because counting your macros, counting your calories, you're, you're, you're causing more problems than good because when you try to hit a caloric intake every day, you're actually killing your metabolism. You're fucking your metabolism up as human beings, every animal on earth, not just human beings. We cycle what we eat every day. We cycle our calories, we cycle our carbs, we cycle our fats up and down protein, same thing. So one day we may get, you know, 200 grams, 300 grams of protein. The next day we may get 20 or 30 grams of protein. It just depends on if we're able to find food that day or if we're not able to find food. Maybe that day we have to reinforce our shelter. Maybe that day we have to, you know, um, fight off predators in our camp. Maybe one day we're, we're, we're moving, you know, our shelter to somewhere else. You got to think of the, every animal on earth, the only animals on earth that eat the same calories every day and the same protein and the same carbs are animals in captivity. And we know that animals in captivity have major mental problems. So I'm not saying if you, uh, you know, you count your macros and stuff, you're going to end up with mental problems. But I think there may be a connection with that. Because ever since this IFYM type, type thing has come out, now every person has to be on different uh, anxiety medications and stuff. So I, I wonder if there is a connection. But you've got to cycle your calories up and down, guys. You can't be like, I'm going to hit 3,000 calories a day. And if I'm at 2,000 calories and it's 8 o'clock at night, shit, I got to go and get four slices of pizza to get that other 1,000 calories. You're screwing yourself up if you do that. It makes absolutely no sense. And you know it doesn't make any sense, but you follow it because there's a select few uh, gurus on social media who push this stupid diet to you. And it's actually causing you way more harm than good. Yeah, yeah. A, a ton of guys out there with great genetics and, and a ton of uh, steroids uh, giving out advice. And uh, yeah, 
uh, some, there are some folks out there who are just genetically gifted and don't have to watch their diet as much. But for most of us, we have to watch what we eat. And uh, for the majority of us, yeah, you, you, good quality foods is, is exactly what, what you need for sure. Um, you know, one thing that one thing that a lot of people bring up, you know, when we talk about maybe fasting, when we talk about quality foods, they'll say, well, Mr. Olympia doesn't, or they'll, you know, or professional bodybuilders don't. It's a different story when you're a professional bodybuilder and elite athlete. You're probably on three, four IUs of GH a day minimum. You're on, you're on the sauce, you're on peptides and a bunch of other stuff. Not only that, usually a coach who helps you and, and is looking at you on a daily basis to see how you're, and they'll tweak your diet based on looking at how your physique is coming along before the show. Those guys, they get to count their calories, weigh their food, they have to do all of that. And, and even when they do that, even when, even, even when, they, when they count everything, they still are relying on a coach to see sometimes their pictures when they're not with them or just see them at the gym in the locker room and they'll say, hey, this is coming along, this is not, we need to cut your calories, oh, you're getting flat, we need to up them. You know, have somebody who'll look at them and readjust the diet for them every so often. So you can't just compare yourself and think that because Mr. Olympia eats, eats six meals a day and, and he's doing X, Y, and Z that you can somehow do it. You're not in that situation. You don't have a dedicated coach that looks at your body, your cuts, your estorations and makes daily adjustments based on that, not only to your diet, but to your drug use. You also, uh, there's just so many places where it just doesn't, you can't compare yourself to Mr. Olympia. Not only is he a genetic freak, whomever he will be this year and last year and next year, they're always genetic freaks, but their whole process is completely different. Most guys listening to this podcast are probably never going to compete. They're using steroids to just look good. They like to use the least amount of steroids they can to look as good as they can. And they're probably not ever going to compete. Maybe they'll um, do a little triathlon, maybe a little competition here and there, CrossFit. Some guys that we know here will compete a little bit. But this is not, this is not the crowd listening to the show, not, not who are getting on stage. Those guys, if you know what you're doing, you're not getting the information from a podcast. You have a coach. You have a coach that looks at you and tweaks both your drug use along with your, with your food and diet to get a certain look. Guys listen to our podcast or guys just want to look good with their shirt off. You just want to look good with your shirt off, be healthy, and not have to use a ton of fucking steroids to look that way. So um, for those guys, good quality foods, high quality foods, counting your macros a little too much. You want to really get a baseline for about how much you need and try to hit a goal where you're not hungry all day and you're also not overeating. But it will change. Some days you will need more protein and some days you will just need more carbs depending on, on what your day develop, develops like and, and, and what happens. So, um, yeah, just, we're not robots. Like you're not going to get the same amount. I, I, I just, it blows my mind. These, these, these apps that are coming out, right? Like that, that track all this shit and people actually set it where it tells you like at six, five o'clock, six o'clock, Hey, you need this much more fat. You need this much more calories. This much more. And people actually follow it. And like, it doesn't work. Like, that's just not how our bodies, we're not robots. Like no animal on earth eats like that. We, you know, we've never eaten like that in history. And then you make a point about the pro bodybuilders. Look, if you eat what Ronnie Coleman eats every day, 
and you train the way Ronnie Coleman eats every day, let's just say if you eat the way Ronnie Coleman eats, you're just going to get fat. I promise you, you're, you're going to get 300 pounds, but it's going to be fat if you eat that much food. And if you train the, the way Ronnie Coleman trains, you're going to get injured. You're going to be blowing out shoulders and you're going to have this damage and everything. It's just not plausible. I, if I want to be a professional quarterback, I can't just go do what Tom Brady does every day and end up being a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I, I wish that was the case, but you just got to have, you got to do what works best for you and not be following what professionals do. That's the thing about bodybuilding. It's the only thing out there where young guys think if they follow what Jay Cutler does and Ronnie Coleman does, they'll be like Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler. That's the only thing. Like nobody else thinks like Rick, you do MMA. Do you think that one day you're going to be like, you know, whoever <laughs> the top, like McGregor, you're going to be McGregor. If you just follow what McGregor does. I mean, it's just, that's the thing about bodybuilding. It's a ruse. It's a ruse out there. But, yeah, man, when, that, when it comes to the comparison of bodybuilding to MMA, bodybuilding genetics plays such a huge, huge role, way, way more than, than it ever does in, in mixed martial arts. You know, I've watched interviews, uh, Phil Heath, Kai Green, Dorian Yates, Ronnie Coleman, they'll talk about when they were starting, because I get real interested by that, how, how a journey of, you know, seven Mr. Olympias, eight Mr. Olympias start. And one thing that all of those guys mentioned about their start in bodybuilding is that they, they went, they started lifting weights, and all of a sudden things just started growing, and they just started to look good. And other people around them kept saying to them, hey, you should take this up. Hey, you should keep doing this. Hey, you're looking good. Hey, it wasn't like... You just decided you were going to be the best and you went, no, a lot of these guys just kind of stepped into the gym, started training for one reason or, or another. And people tapped them on the shoulder and said, Hey, you look fucking phenomenal for the short amount of time you've been in here. You should keep doing this. And, and that's a story that's been repeated over and over, at least these four guys. So when you talk about top level, Mr. Olympia genetics, number one, plays such a huge role in it that you can't, you can't really even compare yourself to some of these guys at that level. It's just impossible. You know, at least MMA, at least you could maybe have the mindset and, and develop the skill somehow that one of these guys has. But you can never develop Phil Heath's body, no matter how much, how hard you try and how much drugs you take, unless you're genetically prone to developing in, in that way. So um, yeah, it's, it's just how it is. Yeah, people have that mental problem where they try to do that, they'll end up dead. They'll just end up like Dallas McCarver, dead at 26. That's, that's just the facts. Um, so the next topic ties into the steroids. And, you know, between Rick and I, we, we have about 30, 35 years of steroid experience between the two of us. So this is a great question that, that, came, that was mentioned. Um, why do steroids seem to be less effective the more cycles we, we run? And I can point to my first cycle. Man, I ran Sustanon, which is a blend of four uh, testosterone esters, along with D-Ball as a kickstart. And man, I jumped out of bed at 6 a.m. every day, went to the gym, killer workout. I was eating fucking before I went to the gym. After the gym, my appetite was sky high. My sex drive was sky high. I was banging two different chicks in the same day. Um, and now when I run steroids, it's like, I don't get that. I don't get that crazy libido. I don't get that jumping out of bed, running, going to the gym. What, what happened there? So, you know, I'll start with you, Ray, because you've been running steroids for like, you know, at least 20 years. Did this happen to you? Do you, do you notice that too? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. What's your theory Absolutely. behind it? 
Uh, it's two things in my case. I started, um, started using juice around 1999, year 2000, 1920. I'm, my age is, is pretty close to the year. And back then it was all human grade, vet grade. And I was just getting started. Stuff was fucking phenomenal. It just worked great every time I used anything. Then over the years after, you know, Operation Gear Grinder around 05 and everything, the legit stuff just started to dry up, dry up completely. Now we have underground lab stuff and that stuff is pretty hit or miss. So that's one factor. One factor is that over the last decade, the quality of the steroids has decreased exponentially. It's just terrible, terrible quality now. The other thing is I'm getting older. So as you get older, uh, your receptors react differently to the sauce. And uh, you're definitely not going to get the same results. Even, even the cells that are receiving the signal, those cells won't react the same. The muscle cells you, we have now in our late 30s, they don't, they're not as reactive and they're not going to, to process the, the sauce as, as the muscle cells we had when we were in our, in our early 20s. You know, there's a reason your body's basically programmed to, to die. You know, we're, we're programmed to die. And we, and we, this is our age where we start to, to die, where our cells stop to replicate them properly and you start to die off. So just age, um, the lower quality of the steroids. Now, in my case, I've only, I've never maintained a ton of mass on my frame. It's just never been my, my goal. For, for a while it was when I was younger, thought I wanted to be a professional bodybuilder. And I found myself sweating all the time and, and, barely being able to reach back to, to wipe my own butt and, um, you know, being embarrassed when I went to an MMA gym and, and you know, I'd got, I'd get tired and pumped just doing some, some basic warmups. So I abandoned that idea. I've never held that much mass on me myself, but I know guys that are holding on to a lot of mass, they need to maintain a certain steroid dose just to keep that mass on. You know, the guys that are carrying an extra 40, 50, 60 pounds of muscle on them that wouldn't belong there unless you had androgen levels through the roof in your blood system most of the time. Those guys will need to up their dose and take more, more different kinds of steroids to get up higher and higher and higher. Just how we discussed in dieting, you know, the first, if you have 50 pounds to lose, the first 30 pounds are easy. Last 20 are, are, are hard. The last five are the toughest ones to lose. Kind of the same thing with juice the other way around. Put it on an extra 20 pounds on your frame for most people, couple cycles. If you have a good base before you start juicing, be all right. If you're trying to hold on to 30, 40 pounds on your frame, now you're going to need some TRT. Now you're going to need to maybe blast and cruise. Now you need to keep doing it. If you'd like to hold 50, 60 pounds on you permanently, you have to stay on steroids pretty much year round with very few breaks. And if you go up from there, then now you need GH, you need more stuff. It's not a natural thing for your body to hold on to all of this mass. It doesn't want to. There's just been no, no evolutionary advantage to being muscular ever. So your body doesn't, doesn't want to. Only reason it, it does it is because you're challenging the muscle cells every day with training and then feeding your body just copious amounts of androgens. And it's able to do that. So in my case, it's been a combination of three things, man. Quality of the stuff out there is terrible now. I, I will only do human-grade hormones when I can find them. I won't touch you stuff nowadays. Two, age. 
you know, it's, it's different muscle cells receiving those steroids now. They're older. And um, not my case, but other people out there that might be listening, if you've gained your 30, 40 pounds from your baseline, if, you, if you've gained them, you may need to stay on, on juice or keep doing it every few months to, to hold on to that mass. Or your body will eventually over time try to start getting rid of it, getting rid of it. And the more muscle you have over your, your baseline, the quicker your body will try to get rid of it over any reason. I mean, you catch a cold, you are injured for, for, for a couple of weeks. I mean, whatever you do, your body will automatically start chopping down all that, all that extra muscle mass. So those guys need more juice as time goes on. That, those are my, my three. What do you think, Steve? I think, I think people have to, because a lot of people approach this question. They'll ask this question because they'll be kind of confused about fitness, like in general. Because people are under the impression, the incorrect impression that goes into our, what we talked about the first time, that we're robots, that we're going to continue to have this linear transition, transgression, where whether it be strength or muscle gains or fat loss or anything, that it's going to completely be linear. Like you're going to kind of just go in a, in a line straight, you know, keep going. It's kind of like when a plane takes off, that, that the way that plane just takes off, you're going to continue going that direction. So, hey, you know, I'm going to gain five pounds each cycle. Then the next cycle, I'm going to gain five pounds. The next cycle, I'm going to gain five pounds. The next cycle, I'm going to gain five pounds. It's going to continuously go up. Same thing with strength. I'm going to, I'm going to put 10, 15 pounds on my bench every cycle. Every cycle, 10, 15 pounds, 10, 15 pounds. You know what? If you really believe that and you are actually doing that, your body will punish you. Let's say you're, you're gaining that in strength on the bench press. You think that your body is going to be able to handle that strain? Your body, what's your body going to do? You're going to lose your rotator cuff. Boom, gone. You're going to have some discs in your, get some herniated discs in your back and in your neck. Boom, gone. That's what happened to me. I was gaining, you know, every, you know, three, four months, I would put on 5, 10, 15 pounds on my bench on my squat, et cetera, it slowly go up. Then one day, bam, I would, I was bench pressing and my right arm was weaker than the other. I went in and got an MRI. Oh yeah. You have a torn rotator cuff. Well, guess what? You know, no more going up in a linear uh, fashion anymore, huh? My body punished me. I went way back down. So that's the, the first thing you have to realize. A lot of young guys, they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know, oh no, this can't happen to me. I'm 20 years old and I put on 20 pounds on my bench. And by the time I'm 25, I want to put on 150 pounds on my bench. You know, that's a great goal to have guys, but you're going to have ups and downs throughout. So this is, this is kind of what Rick said. Exactly right. Just the way our bodies are set up, our bodies want to give back. You cannot make two steps forward, half step back. It's going to be more like two steps forward, 1.5 steps back. And over time, year over year, you will make gains. We have Mark Loebliner on the podcast a couple of years back. And he said he gained, has gained two to three pounds a year of lean muscle mass for the past 20 years. And that's why he looks so good now. He didn't gain all that weight in a year. It took him 20 years to gain all that muscle. So you got to like have a long-term approach to this. Otherwise you'll get sucked into this. Why do steroids not work as good? Why am I not gaining strength anymore? At some point, whether it be you get older or you get injured or something else happens, you're going to have to take a massive step back. You're not going to keep getting stronger forever until you're 80 years old and die. 
you know, it's just the way it works. So just, you know, set year over year goals in this instead of worrying about everything increasing in a linear fashion. Anything else to add, Rick? Yeah. yeah. And one more thing too, that to, to add, you know, at 39 being in this, in this industry now, so many years, um, when I think about my cycles and, and what I want to do, or if I want to achieve a certain look, cause I'm going, you know, to, to a beach with some girl or something, I actually worry more now about my training program, making sure it's on point and, and I work around any injuries I have and my diet program. And I know just adding a little bit of testosterone, if I really want to overdo it, maybe some um, EQ, then it'll be fine. Like as long as my diet and my training is on point, I could throw any kind of steroids in my body. As long as they're, they're over what my body naturally produces, I'll get good results. And it's a sharp contrast to early 2000s, you know, when I was in my early 20s and used to discuss the subject with folks. And, you know, I was more worried about what I was stacking, where it was coming from, if it was a good lab, you know, all the different things, the timing, if I should do a shot every three days or every week. And my mind focused more on, on that at the start when I started this than now. And now I just know, just throw a little bit of testosterone on top, man, EQ, and you can get ripped on those two. Just diet has to be on point. Hydration has to be on point. You know, just really doing it, taking every, every set to failure, just really doing it and, and going hard. And, and that's, I think, as a bodybuilder, the, if you notice that your steroids aren't working as well now as they did years ago, has your training knowledge increased? Has your diet knowledge increased? Have you been documenting your workouts, documenting your diet with some pictures also along so that you yourself can track back what, what's working for you? You know, if you've been in this thing, take juicing for 10 years and you're worried now because your steroids aren't working that well, but you haven't, you don't know just the right way to train for you and what works for you. Thinking about the wrong things here, guys. You know, you're, you're not focusing on the right on the right stuff, in my opinion. I think anybody that's been doing this over a decade, or as long as we have, Steve, you should know what works for you. You should know what foods your body reacts to and how. You should know which training programs will really do it for you. And if you, if you haven't, but you're focused on the steroid and synthetic part of it, then, again, you're thinking about the wrong things. So, um, yeah, my opinion is uh, also for us older guys, you got to know your shit. And you got to train hard and you got to eat properly. And that's, that's got to be 90% of it. You know, that, that's got to be the, the most of it always anyway. So it's the last thing I have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, a franchise, you go to any franchise gym, you just look around the way guys are training. Most people don't know how to train. They don't have any plan. They don't, you see them, they'll go and do the ab machine then they'll go do the bicep machine and they'll go do the squats. They're just doing whatever. There's no plan. There's no, vision of what they're doing and they don't get the results and a lot of them just don't care they're just there just to you know work out or whatever get away from the house but if you really want to get results you really gotta gotta sharpen things and get your diet and training on a point where there's actually a plan of what you're doing the steroids are just icing on the cake and yes steroids do work i mean i wouldn't have never been able to bench 400 plus pounds at, at my size being only five 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 six you know, and I, you know, without steroids, that's just a fact, you know, so steroids do work, but it, without the training, without the diet, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't accomplish shit. So, you know, that's the keys. So it all ties in, guys. And uh, so our last topic, Rick, uh, this is a good one. Um, and this is another one that a lot of guys, young guys, come to me because I'm, I'm still single. And uh, a lot of guys ask me this question. I thought like, you were living with a chick. Yeah, no, I mean, single, not married. I'm not married. I've not been married oh, yet. Okay, okay so, so you're in a relationship, but not, okay, I got it. Exactly. So a lot of younger guys, they come to me, they're like, oh my God, I'm 25. I'm still not married yet. I'm never going to find a girl. And I'm like, dude, I just had a, a guy, uh, it was a friend. 25 year old still talk like that? That's dude, crazy. dude, I had a 24 year old friend from the friend of the family come to me crying because his girlfriend just broke up with him. He's going off to do like a, a degree and his girlfriend just broke up and he came to me crying in a panic. Oh my God, my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm like, dude, you're going off to fucking college to, to get an advanced degree. You're worried about a fucking girl. You're going to meet tons of girls in college. So Rick, you've been through the ringer with women. You know, what do you have to say about this? Cause I, you know, I laugh at the, this, this type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I think nowadays is probably the best time in human history to just wait and wait and wait until you're as old as you possibly can before you pick somebody to settle down with. And, um, that's just my opinion from everything I've lived through, you know, and everything I've seen. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from that. I'm lucky that I'm from that uh, generation where I was still, I'm old enough to where uh, we used to have just house phones and you'd have to leave messages for people on a written note when they called. And now obviously we have smartphones. So I've seen, you know, I've seen it all. And, uh, Nowadays, it's just a lot, a lot tougher for relationships to, to flourish properly. And, um, and values. Why is that? Why is that? You know, for, for a long time in human history evolution, we, we got really into this marriage model and monogamy model. Now, apparently from some stuff I've, I've read up on it, this only happened when humans started, you know, farming and started trying to inherit land and pass land down. When we were nomads, everybody used to kind of get freaky with everybody. And every kid was, was the kid of the, of the group. And maybe a, a female and male might usually share a lot of time together. And they might be called a couple. But there wasn't this, this uh, focus on monogamy, on just being with one person. And then once we started to settle farming and make empires, then we worried about leaving what we worked for behind for our DNA and only our DNA, our seed. But it's, it's inside of humans already to built in to not be so monogamous and, and be more polyamorous. It's, it's kind of in our DNA already. It's, it's also in our DNA to pair bond for life. You know, it's been the, the model in human history now for a couple thousand years, several thousand years. Well, not everywhere. You know, there are tribes that still don't uh, believe in owning land and they are nomadic and they usually have a polyamorous uh, situations. Um, so it's in the DNA already. And be, being in a culture now where people are, are more willing to do what's inside of their hearts and not what society tells them to do, um, you're going to find a lot more women who are willing to have more than one or two or three guys that they see and you'd have men who are, you know, who are willing. And with social media, you have access to a lot more, more chicks <laughs> who also 
uh, like to spend time with more than one person. And so it's, it's a, again, it's a tough time. I, I, don't, I don't think the last couple thousand years people were particularly all that happy being married because mm, oh, it's more than half of the people usually get divorced, whatnot, something like that. But it's a model that can work for some people. It's a model that doesn't work for everybody. And, um, and nowadays, you know, it's in, it's in you. And I think part of, uh, part of women being more open and, and liberated and whatnot, they sometimes just choose to have uh, sex with the guys they like and enjoy having sex with, with complete disregard for uh, any kind of family stability and things like that. And, and um, it, it just, and it's more acceptable now, you know, it's more, more open. Now, when a girl who's 24, 25 tells her mom she just does, is not ready, doesn't want to get married yet, most moms nowadays would say, that's okay, get your career going, you have plenty of time. It's something that culture a while back um, at 24, 25, most women had to already be, be married, you know, be, be ready to have a family. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not being nostalgic here. I'm, I'm just pointing something out. I don't think any model was any better than any other, bro. I think some, if you find the right person and you are the right person to, to pair bond for life and, and you just be monogamous, you will find that person and you'll be happy and find them more attractive as the days go by. If you're just not that person to be only with one, one individual and, and you do find somebody who just kind of get along with, there's a good chance that you're going to be unhappy or you're going to stray or, or you're going to live a, a very, um, very odd existence where you're really kind of wanting to experience, have experiences with other people, but you're in this relationship now. Um, so I think each person, you got to find yourself, know what you really want and just be, just be very courageous about it and, and, you know, go for it no matter what anybody says what, or how society feels about it, you know, just, you have to know yourself. And sometimes it takes us a whole lifetime to get to know ourselves. So um, that's, you know, that's my opinion on, on that. So, I mean, some, some quick stats in case you guys are, don't follow this stuff, but this is kind of fascinating. Birth rates in the United States drop 2% year over year. That's the biggest drop in U.S. history. Um, our birth rates are the lowest they've been in over 30 years. I mean, this is considering, you know, 32 years ago, you know, we had a lot of like economic issues and stuff going on and women, you know, a lot of families were struggling and stuff. It was a, it was a bad economic time. Um, and now it's a lot more better economic time. Uh, people have a lot more money at their disposal. We're seeing uh, people in their twenties having sex way less than previous generations. Um, why that is, is is a discussion for an other topic, but that's kind of fascinating. Because they're not, because they're probably not getting married as uh, that much younger, bro. That's what I, I think. It just, it just seems like they don't care about they don't care about relationships, even not just marriage. They don't even want relationships. You know, they, when, when you're married, a married guy will usually have or should usually have more sex than a single guy. And if you're living mostly life being single, pursuing uh, finances, and which is what most uh, most people now, 20, 25, are, are worried about paying back those damn student loans and all these things. Um, yeah, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have sex as much without a live-in partner. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty common. Yeah. Another, another statistic and regular like this is that for the first time, just a few years ago, for the first time in U.S. history, more adults 
didn't uh, did not have children than adults that did have children. It's always been a majority damn of expensive. adults. It is so damn expensive to have kids. College is, is outrageous. And um, I mean, it's just, it's so darn it's not expensive. Affordable. It's, yeah. it's just not affordable. It's and just the kid, not affordable. The thing is too, throughout U.S. history, but in other countries, especially like in Asia and stuff, the kids grow up and take care of the parents. In the United States culture, the kids, they'll do shit for the parents. I mean, when you get older, the kid's going to put you in the fucking nursing home. He's not going to take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, the most part. You, for the most part. It comes like in Asia and South America and some of these places, grandma or grandpa is at home. You know, they're, they're part of the sitcom. They're just sitting there being old. And you get something like the Simpsons, you know, grandpa's at the nursing home. So, so what, it, what are you getting out of the kids in the United States? You just shelling out three hundred grand your first eighteen years, and you're not getting back anything back. What are you getting? Enjoyment? What are you getting, Rick? <laughs> Tell me. I know what you're saying. Well, I have I have wonderful kids. I love my kids, and I I hope that we can remain best of friends for the rest of our lives. And in my case, I feel like I got a a chance to to be there for the birth and raising of of my best friends. You know, because that's kind of the relationship I have with them. And, and that's, that's what I hope for. But most people, most guys out there, men out there, women out there having kids in, you know, in the first world and in, in the U.S. and some of our cultures here, you're, you're not going to get that. Your kids are going to go away. And when you're too old and you need help, you'll just be in the way. Mom, dad, you're just going to be in the way. You're going to go unless you got money, unless you got money, they're waiting for you to croak so they can inherit it. <laughs> well, if, you, if you, if you have money, they're probably waiting until, uh, you forget, um, where you were for a couple hours and end up maybe you're on the where's CVS or at, at the police station. And then, uh, you'll be found unfit. They'll take all your money. They'll stick you in a nursing home, probably one, not as good as the one you could really afford. And they'll take all your money and be in charge of your funds from then on. Cause that happens quite a lot too. So it's, oh, it's, man. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, so, the, it's the reason why, it's the reason why I just, I, I approached the, the raising of my kids as being just being, being their friend and not try to be a young guy, but be the older friend with my, my kids. And hopefully, you know, when I'm old and I can't take care of myself, they'll, they'll remember that friendship and want to look out for me. Uh, just, friendship based alone, you know, and it's tough. It's not easy. And it took me a while to kind of figure out how to, how to do that, how to be able to discipline my children and be their friend at the same time. And just the whole thing, it just took a long time to, to get it. And now that I've, it's kind of working for me, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can keep it up, but yeah, it, it, the expectations on, on how and what your kids will do for you when you get older, they're going to, they're going to diminish. And over time, you're, you're just not going to get them to you're not going to get them to be the same, same kids from, you know, a couple generations. Yeah, I, I just want to be clear, guys. I love animals. I love kids. Like, but the thing is with me, I love them so much that I don't want to be up at 11 o'clock at night waiting for my daughter to come home from her date because she had a 11 o'clock curfew and it's now 1101. And I'm sitting here with my blood pressure up waiting here for her to come home. It's the responsibility that scares the shit out of me. It's the call from the police saying, oh, your daughter's been in an accident. That's what freaks me out about, about having kids. And that's the, the, the fear of it, of having that responsibility. But, you know, that's, that's the thing with me. You know, I, I, I think about those things, obviously, but I don't worry about it. It never kept me from 
have, you know, it just, it was never an issue, the safety stuff. Matter of fact, I, I kind of wanted to have more kids, but just when I realized that giving them a good life is just extremely expensive. And, you know, if you have more and more, it, you just get older and older before you're done, you're done paying for them. So I, I can't just on a financial <laughs> level and I have three, three boys. So I got my kids out of the way already. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're, they're five, seven and 16, their ages. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's something so we should, probably, we should, we should have like a, like a relationship section or something. Well, any of you guys listening to this, definitely hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI and say, Hey, I want to come on the podcast and we'll definitely help you guys out. And we'll kind of shoot the shit like we're doing now and talk about this stuff. Cause what podcast yeah. does, you know what I'm saying? You know what, you know what guys, a lot of, we don't make it easy. We're not sitting here giving out an email address every time on the podcast. You already get the podcast for free. You can download it, listen to it online, whatever. If you want to contact Steve, if you want to send the question and if you want to be on the, on the radio show, basically get, you know, get a personalized consultation from both of us. You got to write, sign on to the forums. You got to send Steve a private message and tell him you want to be on. And, you know, we do that because we like the people that are um, be on the show. We like them to come from the forums. You know, the, the forum community has is, is been very important to the steroid user since it started back in the mid nineties. You know, the, these B bulletin forums, you know, we should use them more. On social media, everything is exposed. They're collecting your information. Everything connects. If you um, run a search for something on Google, you'll have ads for that thing chasing you around Facebook and YouTube and everywhere you go. When you sign up to our forums, we don't chase you around. You just, you can provide any email address you, as you want. And whatever you talk about and discuss on the forum stays there. It never tracks back to your real name. You can use a, a pseudonym. I mean, it just, you don't need to worry about anything. And we need to use the forums a lot more. So if you want to get in contact with us, you want to be on the show, you want to ask a question, hit Steve on the forums. It's, you know, we put that little hurl there for you because we like you guys to go use them. And once you use the forums for just a couple of days, you become a convert. You'll want to be on there a lot. It's just a platform where you can go talk about steroids, talk about anything you want and it doesn't tie back to your real name. It, it, you know, grandma will never know. Wife will never know if you don't want her to. It's, it's a good, good place. And also there's a private message system there so that if you want to talk about steroids with somebody like Steve, myself, any of the guys on there, everything stays on the platform and you're not sending an email that goes across several servers to get to, to his location. It's right there. So it's a good way to communicate with like-minded individuals people that take steroids just like you and, you know, believe in, in this lifestyle just like you. So, you know, sign up to the forums. It's evolutionary.org forward slash forums, right? Yep, find, find it. Right there. Just go to evolutionary.org and you'll find it there, man. That's all you need to do. Steve, Steve's me. It's always on there. And uh, it's the way to get in context, the way to get on the show. You know, we, we, we really want to have this show for the guys on the forums. That's what we would like to do. Absolutely, guys. Look, we appreciate you guys listening again. Um, definitely let me know if you want to come on. Uh, keep in touch. We'll, be, we'll have another show next week for you guys. For Steve Smee and Rick, appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening.